This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. No breaks. No breaks. No fear. No fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Welcome along. I'm Ian Brannan. This week, I'm joined by Leicester team manager and co-promoter Stuart Dixon. We're going to be looking at the fortunes of the Lions, but much more besides, including from the Premiership, where Wolverhampton celebrated their 94th birthday in style as they stormed to their biggest win of the season so far. We've got an exclusive chat with Drew Kemp. We're not the underdogs, you know, that people shouldn't be thinking that they can come here and, and get a point or even win here. We also have reaction from that meeting with Sam Masters and Simon Stead. Looking at the championship, well, it's getting tight at the top. The Pool Pirates going level on points with the Leicester Lions. We'll hear from Pool co-promoter Danny Ford and team manager Neil Middleditch. Speedway's not an easy game and, and everybody's behind him. You know, we're all behind him. We're just trying to encourage him. And Glasgow are joining the party as well with a big win away at Berwick. Taking the points there at Shieldfield Park and we'll catch up with Connor Bailey. Given how I've been riding and, and the riders I've been beating, I think I'm definitely going to be competitive as a number two. All that and much more to come on this week's No Breaks, No Fear. No Breaks, No Fear. The official British Speedway podcast. So all that and much more to come and joining us throughout the episode this week, I'm very pleased to say it is the Leicester team manager and co-promoter, Stuart Dixon. Hi, Stuart. Pleased to be on the show. Thank you very much. And you're not, you're not, you're beyond that. You're also the the track curator, and uh, of course, is your, your full time job really at uh, Leicester in many ways. <laughs> yep, yep. One of, one of the track curators uh, alongside uh, Andy Hill. Yep. Um, yeah. We got one or two, one or two other guys that help out as well because it's uh, it's quite a tough task. You can ask any track guy. You need you need you need a few fewies helping out on track day, especially if the weather's um, sunny, breezy, windy, that sort of thing. So yeah, um, no, it's a full time job for me. Thoroughly enjoy it, and um, this is my third season at Leicester now, and um, yep, really enjoying it. You seem to be to be loving it there. Everybody seems to be happy. I was down there uh, this last weekend, and it's a, it's got a good atmosphere. You can tell, you know, that everybody's together, both on the track and off the track. It's a it's a friendly environment around the Paul Chapman and Sons Arena. I I found as well, and that extends through to the fans walking around the the stadium. Everybody was laughing and joking, and and it was it was a good atmosphere. Of course, being top of the league will help with that atmosphere, but it's. Um, over, how, has, how has Leicester changed over your time since arriving? Difficult to know what it was like before I arrived. The general feeling is now that it, um, it's certainly a better place to be on a Saturday night. Uh, we have changed from the Premiership to the Championship. You know, when, when I arrived, um, Championship is also the league that I worked in for Glasgow for, for many years. Um, so I, I am more suited to that because that's the league I know. Um, but there is a general feel good, you know. It's nice to hear people saying that there's a much pleasant feeling just when you walk in into the stadium on race night. There's a nice pleasant feeling. I think that maybe comes with a winning formula. We've been quite successful so far. We're challenging again in all fronts this season. Um, long way to go, obviously, but I, I think these ingredients certainly help. But all in all, it seems to be the feel good factor certainly there. People enjoying the racing. 
crowds, as far as I know, the owners are saying they've been pretty good. They're holding up very well. And um, racing, as you seen on Saturday night, was was pretty good. We've had some teething problems. And we're not going to say that we haven't this season with the track. But um, all in all, a bit of hard work, you know. I get tore into it and things are now beginning to settle down a wee bit. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's been good so far. Uh, I'm, I'm enjoying every minute of it. But um, and we're winning a lot of matches. Uh, and that's the most important thing as far as I'm concerned. And on the subject of the track, you are one of the track curators. You've done some work over the past month or, or so to improve the track. And it is producing some great racing now. We saw that in the championship against Scunthorpe in the in the, the, the cup match, actually. It was on, on Saturday just gone. The scoreline suggests a, a big win for Leicester, and it was. But Leicester raced on that track, overtaking and all the rest of it. Some fantastic speedway on that track now at Leicester. We've not had the big motorway played in for a couple of years, which is probably too long. It's not probably, it is too long, because uh, we do a lot of practices, Team GB Youth Days, etc. at Leicester, uh, one of the, the, the tracks uh, around the country that can uh, organise these days, because we, we are allowed to run, you know, you know, seven days a week sort of thing. So uh, the, the big blade was brought in, Andy Meredith got it along from Bradford Speedway, uh, the Ojo Stadium, and uh, done a bit of work. Took a bit of time to settle in, in fairness to say, and um, we've been working on it ever since. And um, it, it came good for the last couple of National League matches, and um, I think it, it was even better for the Lions match on Saturday. So, um, yep, a bit of perseverance, a bit of hard work, and uh, it was good. Some good racing on Saturday, and hopefully we get the same again this weekend, yeah. Let's turn our attention for, for the moment to the Premiership meetings because um, Wolves celebrated their 94th birthday on Monday and they did it in style as well, storming to their biggest win of the season so far, beating Sheffield 54-36. Wolves haven't had the, the strongest start to the season, but I think, as we saw last season, it's it's a marathon, not a sprint, Speedway, and, and we're seeing Wolves starting to come good, I think, now, aren't we, with performances right through the team, right through to, to Drew Kemper in, in reserve, finally seeming to nail them on more circuit. Yep, I was watching the updates last night, obviously got an interest in it, I've got Connor Mout and Kyle Howarth, Nick Morris racing in that meeting last night, so I do tend to take an interest on it, and um, it looked pretty close, nip and tuck, you know, up to maybe about heat nine, heat ten, I think it was, and then Wolves obviously um, showed their dominance on their home track, um, I think Nick Morris looked as if he had a good meeting, and Kyle Howard started well and then seemed to struggle. Connor Mountain, decent meeting at the bottom end, but uh, Wolves certainly made the home advantage count. And as you say, it, it is certainly a marathon, not a sprint in that league, but um, it's a good win for Wolves. Um, they'll be well pleased with that. And obviously Sheffield, you know, it's, it's a defeat. I don't think it hurts them too much in the, in the long term, but it does make Sheffield's next home match against Wolves very important after losing that the, the fixture in the League Cup, I think it was, at home to Wolves. So, big fixture coming up for Sheffield uh, when, when Wolves come calling, yeah. Well, it was a night of encouraging performances. As I mentioned, not least Drew Kemp, who got himself seven points on the night and a superb performance in Heat 11, really catching the eye as he passed the Sheffield duo Jack Holder and Craig Cook. And we caught up with Drew Kemp, an exclusive interview to No Breaks, No Fear. He's speaking with Ryan Guest. Well, Drew Kemp, seven paid eight. Um, is it fair to say that that's your best performance for Wolverhampton since joining the club? Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, it wasn't probably not the best score it could have been a couple more but riding wise it certainly was a was a lot better and you know I had to make a few passes which is something that I wasn't necessarily doing at the start of the year so hopefully it's uh you know it's a 
positive start now and it's something I can keep up for the for the rest of the season and, and keep improving. Yeah, as you've said there, you had to work really hard for, for some of those points, particularly later on in the meeting. Um, against a team like Sheffield with the riders they've got as well, to, to make those passes from the back and earn those points, that's a, that, that's a huge plus going forward. It is, yeah, but I mean, personally, I try and look at every rider the same, so... No matter the rider or who it is, you know, it's just another race. So, um, yeah, like I said, it was nice to to be able to, you know, pass a few people. And like you said, it's a very good team they've got. And, and especially to go against, you know, my old team back in 2019, it's nice to sort of do one over on them. And, and yeah, hopefully, you know, it's a sign, for, again, it's another sign for, for Wolverhampton. And, you know, if we can be a strong team like Sheffield, um, where they beat us here last time, then you know, I'm pretty certain we can sort of, you know, maintain it and then hopefully come the playoffs, you know, hit the ground running. Yeah, it hasn't been the easy, easiest period for yourself down at reserve. Obviously, Joe Thompson, the, the number eight, coming in a, a lot sooner than many people expected with, with Leon Flint injured. But uh, team manager Peter Adams said, he said, now Leon's back in the side, hopefully that'll relieve a, a bit of pressure on yourself. Do, do you certainly feel that way as well? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, there's, there's always going to be pressure no matter who's in, who's on your side. So it's certainly nice to have Leon back in the team. You know, it feels like the whole team's back together again. And, and I think that's what wins um, titles if we can all stick together and and keep it going. Then, um, then yeah, like I said, I'm sure that'll help us. So, uh, yeah, it was it's nice to have Leon back. And, you know, as Sam said earlier, he's just come back from injury. So... I don't think he needs to be worried about anything just yet. There's still a long season left to go and, uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll be, be well away very soon. To pick up the biggest win of the season so far uh, against Sheffield with obviously everything they've been doing so far this year is, is one good thing in itself. But when you consider it was all square after, after eight heats, it really was a, a tremendous second-half display from the boys tonight. It was, yeah, and it just shows that, you know, not to sort of think that we're... I can't think of the word, really, but, you know, to, not to... We're not the underdogs, you know, that people shouldn't be thinking that they can come here and, and get a point or even win here. So it certainly proved that tonight and I'm pleased we could sort of pull it back and, you know, stretch our legs a little bit in the latter part of the part of the meeting. So, um, yeah, like I said, there's still a few meetings left to go. We've got Peter here next week, which, you know, I don't want to jinx it, but they've seemed to be struggling a little bit this year. So, um, yeah. I'm sure we'll be, uh, be all good. Yeah, and as you've just mentioned there, before Peterborough here next Monday, a, a trip to Peterborough on Thursday. Um, they haven't picked up a, a point so far this season, despite being reigning champions. And I know Peter Adams and everyone else were, were frustrated to let it slip right up the death against Ipswich in the end last week. So a chance to make up for that on the road now. Yeah, but you can't write a team like Peterborough off. Um, they've certainly got some good riders and some very experienced riders. And, you know, Speedway this day and age, a lot of experience is, is where meetings are won. So... Yeah, I definitely think it's somewhere that we can win. If not, you know, get a point from a, a win would be nice for us, you know, in the league table. But um, but yeah, you know, we've got some good riders that are good around there. Dougie won the the Ben Fun there at the start of the year, and obviously Sam has won a few fair few races around there. So yeah, we can't sort of rest on our laurels a little bit, but um, you know, it's definitely somewhere that we can be confident and and go there. Definitely thinking that we can win. Drew, a huge well done to you and the boys tonight. Thank you very much. It was a good night for the Wolves, of course, uh, beating Sheffield 54-36. And um, Stuart Dixon is our guest. Of course, um, many riders doubling up between the leagues. And you had a few um, horses in in the race uh, at Monmore on Monday night with Nick Morris and Kyle Howarth and, of course, uh, Connor Mountain uh, also involved as well. So uh, you must be keeping a keen eye on that and... Um, encouraging to see their scores but of course I'm sure you're relieved to see them come through it in one piece as well Yep, it's always nice to see them score well I think Nick Nick won Heat 15 you know 
and these are big races to win, certainly at Premiership level. Uh, and as you rightly say, more importantly, they come through unscathed. We go to Birmingham on Wednesday night, so it's important, you know, that the riders come through these meetings. And uh, I'm not having to uh, book, book guests because they are racing quite a lot. Let's be honest. And as a team manager, if you go to start booking guests on the eve of a of an away match or a home match, you know, it's the following evening. Let's get some more reaction from that fixture then on Monday night at Monmore. In a moment, we'll hear from the Sheffield team manager, Simon Stead. But first, Dave Rowe spoke to the Wolves captain, Sam Masters. Sam, that felt to watch it, the best performance that Wolves are playing certainly here this season. Do you agree with that? Oh, it was awesome. And we had, like, you got to take your hat off to Drew. And I think that's what we're really missing, the backup at, at reserve. And I know they've been trying real hard. So it was, it was awesome to see uh, Drew pick up real good points. And uh, the rest of the, the boys done done their job, done more than their job really and uh, yeah, I'm stoked with that. And you're right to mention Drew, he's riding the track well, obviously we know the lines around here if you can find them and he was finding tonight. Yeah, he's getting more comfortable every week on the track and tonight showed that so uh, hopefully he can push on from now and uh, he can back back us all up and um, yeah, I was, I was stoked with that, I was, uh, I was happy for him in the end. 3 5 one from you and Steve Worrell which is a really strong combination, you begin to find that understanding? Yeah, we've always been pretty good from the start, to, to be honest. We've, we're both good at the start, and um, yeah, we, we, we're we a little bit older and we look for each other on the track. We've ridden with each other before in the past, so uh, I enjoy riding with Stevie. In fact, I enjoy riding with everyone in the, in the team. We've got a good bunch of guys, and we all get on well, and it makes life easy. We know this league's competitive. A lot of people have been saying Sheffield are favourites and so on. They've had some big results, but that result will send a message out, won't it? Yeah, and we beat them last week down at Sheffield as well, so... Yeah, I think everyone will be uh, watching watching out for Wolves now and uh, we've just got to aim on getting the playoffs and, um, and we go from there. I'm looking forward to go to Peterborough on Thursday who have not started particularly well but of course they can be strong on their night but after the playoffs last year, it's a big one for you on Thursday. Yeah, that's right. We, uh, we, we, need, to, we need to get a good result at, at Peterborough uh, while they're not doing real good. We'll make the most of that. So, uh, And a lot of our, our boys like that track so um, we're going to go there with uh, going to win for sure and get all the points we can and... Yeah, and we'll be happy with that. I should say, finally, you're riding one, aren't you? I mean, didn't quite get a max tonight, but not far off. Yeah, I had gate four in heat 15. I think I was... I should have had choice, really. I don't even know why we had two and four, to be honest. But uh, Nick wanted two, and I thought, oh, I'll let him have it. Next time, we'll know. <laughs> but, uh, no, yeah, I'm happy with the way I've been riding. I feel comfortable on the bike. I'm, I'm happy with how everything's going and when you've good people around you and you're enjoying it, life's easy. Simon, obviously you weren't here in the League Cup earlier in the season. Can you put your finger on what happened tonight that made tonight so different to that meeting? Uh, no, not really. Um, I they were better than us. Some, sometimes we just couldn't find the setup, and, and tonight was one of those nights. You know, It wasn't just one single rider. Um, you know, In general, we all... We all struggled a little bit. Toby still isn't happy, but scored a few points, and and Connor sort of did his bit at, at, at reserve. But we just struggled as a team. Um, no, I can't put my finger on it. Uh, will we come back from it better? Yeah, we have to, and that's what we'll try to do. It felt like most of your top five had one or two good rides, but then got caught out in others several times. Wolves came through on the inside. Their their favourite line round here. Uh, yeah, I think the the track was was probably slicker than normal, and that that caught us out a little bit. And um, yeah, the old Carlson corridor was was back and and working. So 
I think credit where credit's due. Tonight, Wolverhampton were better than us. And like I said, we have to draw a line under this one, park it as a bad night and, and, and move forward. Is it some ways, some ways feet on the ground? A lot of euphoria about last week, the big win at home to Bellevue. Just proved in this league you can go anywhere and really any, any team can do it. I've said that before, um, Dave, that it, it's so unpredictable. Uh, you saw what Wolverhampton did to us at home. Uh, they've done the same at their place, so we know obviously that they're that they're firing and going to be um, going to be a, a difficult ask for anybody this season. Sheffield team manager Simon Stead there after his side's defeat against Wolves. Um, Wolves didn't make necessarily the strongest start to the season, but it's often the, the case with Wolves. They they take a, a few meetings to get going, and Simon Stead there suggesting that. People are going to be struggling to stop Wolves at points this season. Are we starting to see the, the league balance out a little bit now? Maybe perhaps with the exception of Peterborough, but it is pretty even, isn't it? Yeah, I think I think you're right. I mean, if, if you were to look at it over two legs, I think Wolves would certainly have, have, um, have put out Sheffield. If that had been the case, it would have been a semi-final or whatever it may be. Um, you know, riders will tell you, promoters, management alike, you'll not get any two meetings the same. So I don't expect to see the same result. Um, when, when Wolves go back to, to race Sheffield again, it is probably level at sell out now. You might find um, there might be one or two team changes if there's riders available. I think Peterborough, you know, I mean, obviously they were they were fantastic last season. It might just be things are not clicking. It's difficult to say what it is. I'm not in the Peterborough camp, but you know, I'm pretty sure Rob Lyon, Buster Chapman, they'll be getting their heads together and maybe see if they, if they can just tweak it slightly. Uh, just to make sometimes that one rider coming in change the fortunes and give the other five or six guys a lift in the team and maybe that's what's needed but um, Bellevue had certainly done it with, with Matty Zega when he came in um, So, but I think it's, it's a tough league to call the Premiership this year I think there's three or four teams that will certainly fancy their chances of winning it yeah that's for sure well, meanwhile, on Monday, Kings Lynn kept their positive momentum going with a 51-39 local derby win over Peterborough at the Adrian Flux Arena. The Stars made it back-to-back home wins to leave the reigning champions without a point from their opening four meetings of the Premiership campaign. Louis Kerr collected a four-ride paid maximum, 11 plus one for the hosts, with Richard Lawson on 10 plus two and Niels Christian Everson on 10 also hitting double figures. Hans Anderson returning to form for the Panthers with 20. 12, and Michael Palm Toft adding 11 plus 2. But a last heat 5 1 still saw them a drift of a league point. Some minor improvements then through the course of the side at Peterborough. Um, but it's hard to put your finger on the problem, really. And Kingsland and Peterborough, perhaps their, their fortunes swapping over slightly with Kingsland last year struggling and Peterborough storming away. This year it's the other way round. Um, how do you figure that one out, for Ter Stewart? Yeah, you're right. It's just like a swap round, you know, between Kings Lynn and Peterborough. Um, Peterborough last season started very, very well, and I think the confidence just must have grew within the camp, and they just took off and they carried on right through the season. Uh, once you get into a little rut, shall we say, the likes of Peterborough at the moment, it is hard to get out of. I've been involved with some teams at Glasgow in my period of time, and you think you've got a decent team together, and you lose a couple of matches and and you do, Speedway confidence plays such a, a big part in Speedway. And um, Peterborough maybe just need a result, one or two results. I know they came back in the meeting, the meeting latterly in the second half of it. Uh, they got a bit closer, but it will be a concern for the guys running Peterborough. Uh, they'll need to stop the, the rot at some time. They certainly need a couple of results. Uh, else it could be a, a long, old hard season for them. But uh, as you say, Kings Lynn, I noticed the middle pairing last night, Richard Lawson, Louis Kerr, really, really strong in the middle. 
Um, wish you all would have had a great evening by all accounts. Uh, um, score, Scoring-wise, I, I think he can certainly add to that, which, which will certainly help Kings Lynn. But Peterborough, um, as I say, um, they might need a change here or there, or maybe just a result. Um, out the blue uh, they've certainly got the riders that can do it but um, if not it could be a long season and there has been one team change of course in the rising star position at Peterborough with Jordan Palin temporarily at least making way for, for Jordan Jenkins in the side and Jordan Jenkins I think found it equally tough on Monday night Jordan Palin, of course, was part of that, um, lowering the average age, really, of Dad's Army last year and has got a championship winner's medal. Just finding things tough at the moment and things just aren't going his way. And it's not for the lack of trying. He's invested heavily in equipment and sponsorship and support. Um, what's your advice, really, for Jordan? And you know, How does he battle his way back to, to, to the heights that we know that he's capable of? Again, it can happen this way. Jordan uh, had a good season last year. Uh, I know he's, he's been taken out for, for John Jenkins to take his place. Uh, no disrespect to John Jenkins, another good rider who I rate highly. He's maybe not the change that's going to change Peterborough's fortunes this season. I'm pretty sure the management don't need me to tell them that. But getting back to Jordan Palin, it might be that a spell in the National League might be what he needs, you know, maybe just to start winning some races. I look at Dan Thompson. I know he's, um, he's like the number eight. You know, for Sheffield and the Premiership sort of thing, but he's still, we've still got him racing at National League level. He wins races at that level. That gets his confidence high for going into championship meetings. And sometimes there's nothing wrong with taking a step back to help you take a step forward. And uh, and that's maybe something that Jordan Palin would maybe consider. Maybe maybe doesn't want to, but sometimes you can get in a rut. But as I say, maybe winning races at a slightly lower level will get his confidence going again because he has a very capable young rider as last season proved. Ipswich, going back to last Thursday, claimed a dramatic victory over Wolverhampton. It was a last heat 5-1 to secure a 46-44 triumph. Of course, Ipswich this season have got former world champion in their ranks in in Jason Doyle, a current Grand Prix rider as well. And um, again, Ipswich... They had everything, best laid plans last season. It all sort of fell apart at the seams, didn't it? Whereas this year, Ipswich looked like they're a much more solid outfit. Yeah, well, you signed Jason Doyle. And, um, you, you know, come the big heats, I call the big heats 13 and 15, you've always got a chance. I know Sam Masters was unbeaten up to heat 15 last Thursday night. But I think it was Jason Doyle and Troy Batchelor that came out and get the 5-1 in the last race and, and basically snatched the victory away from Wolverhampton right at the end. And Jason Doyle, you know, being ex-world champion, Grand Prix rider, that, that's, you're almost, I'm not saying guaranteed, but you've always got a very, very good chance of Jason Doyle winning the big races when you sign what I would call a true number one. But Wolves will feel a bit hard done by there last Thursday to be leading going into the last race and, and for that to happen. But still a good point for Wolves on the road. Uh, but as you say, Ipswich certainly a stronger looking team than what they were last year, that's for sure, yeah. Well, the upcoming action in the Premiership is like this. Ipswich taking on Kings Lynn on Thursday and it's Peterborough versus Wolverhampton, the return back at uh, Old Walton on Thursday evening. Both of those at 7.30. And then looking ahead to next Monday, Bellevue versus Ipswich in the Premiership at 7.30pm. That's the featured match on Eurosport, which is uh, back on TV on Monday the 6th of June. And the other meeting will be at Monmore, Wolverhampton versus Peterborough. Both of those getting 
underway at 7.30. Turning our attention to the championship in the next part of No Breaks, No Fear. Joining us throughout this episode is the Leicester team manager, Stuart Dixon. We'll be talking about his club because Leicester currently joint top of the league in the championship. Talking all about that and we'll hear from a couple of his adversaries as well. Uh, biggest rivals, you would probably say, Neil Middleditch and the pool co-promoter Danny Ford. We'll hear from the two of them in the next part of No Breaks, No Fear. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. No brakes, no fear. The official British Speedway podcast. If you haven't followed or liked or subscribed to this podcast on whichever app you use, why not do it now? Because it means that whenever there's a new episode, you don't have to go looking for it. It'll just drop straight onto your device. Whatever that is, you kind of get the VIP treatment. Don't cost you anything either. You just press the follow and that's you done. Great stuff. Um, I'm joined in this episode this week by uh, Stuart Dixon, who is the team manager at the Leicester Lions, who are currently sitting pretty at the top of the championship table, having a, a good start to the season. And um, they're up there joined uh, level on points at the moment by the Pool Pirates. And we're going to hear from uh, Neil Middleditch and Danny Ford of the Pool Pirates very soon. But um, Stuart, for you, I mean, obviously there's a long way to go yet in the league, but of course the, the first priority for most sides is qualifying for the playoffs. You'll be fairly, fairly confident of achieving that, I'm, I'm sure, based on everything so far this season. And really, ultimately, the aim is to qualify for the top two because that gets you straight through to the semi-finals. No messing about with the quarterfinals in the, uh, in, in the playoffs there for you if you achieve that. Yeah, top two, I think, as I, I think... Um, at the moment, um, for me, I think Poole looked to be the standout team in the championship at the moment. That was a, a marvellous win they got at Birmingham last Wednesday night. Obviously, a, a few things fell their way, or certainly Birmingham certainly had misfortune with, with Klaus Vissing injuring his neck with the, the tapes, I think, catching him in, in, in heat one. So, uh, you know, these, these things happen. I know I think James Shane's had the problems as well. So, you know, sometimes you can go to a track at the right time, but there's no doubt in Poole... Um, they look to be the team to beat at the moment. Well, Paul, are the team to beat, of course, not least because they're the reigning champions, uh, let alone having a good start to to this season. Let's get the assessment of Paul co-promoter Danny Ford, who was speaking before Paul's meeting with uh, Birmingham last week, speaking with Ryan Guest. Well, Danny Ford, they say um, defending the league title is uh, much harder than winning it, but uh, you've got to be happy with the, the defence uh, start so far. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, home matches have been a little bit few and far in between, but our away form has been really encouraging. Um, we had a disappointing result at Plymouth in the league, um, but since then we've had two really, really stellar performances against Redcar and Glasgow, and that was exactly what the doctor ordered, and um, hopefully we'll be looking for more of the same tonight. Yeah, like you say, with the, the home fixtures, the way they've panned out so far, I think when you've got a, a couple more of those under your belt and if you, if you win them, I know you've been registering scores of uh, above 50 um, in every one so far. So if you were to continue that trend, then I think you, you really do close that gap on Leicester, who are the, the current leaders. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, rain hasn't been on our side and the way the fixture list came out, we um, 
didn't start off with too many home fixtures, but I think, you know, uh, last year we had a good run of home fixtures at the end of the year, and I think that gave us a lot of um, momentum going into the playoffs. So hoping for the same again this year. And as you said, once we get a few more home fixtures under our belt, I think we'll rock up the league table. Many expected Paul to be right up there, um, powerhouses at any level, particularly this level. And when you look at the, the top three in particular, um, always going to be in with the show, surely, with the, with that Heat Leader trio. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, Paul are kind of synonymous with having, you know, heavy hitters at the top of the team. I think if you look for our title winning teams, we've always had those real high scorers at the top. Um, so it worked for us last year. It's working again this year. And um, yeah, long may it continue. Yeah, down at the bottom end, Drew Kemp has put in a, a couple of good performances and um, I've been reading a lot from yourself and, and Neil Middleditch, team manager, over the last few weeks about Nathan Ablett, obviously um, a youngster new to this level and the, the beauty of him being involved in this team, he's, he's got the time to develop at his own rate. Yeah, that's it. We've explained to Nathan, this is kind of his apprenticeship year. Um, it's a huge step up from him, um, you know, coming in from National League where everyone's developing, still learning their craft. At this level, riders are racing for a living you know so everyone wants to go out there and win every race and um you know he does get really down on himself but he as long as we're seeing that continued improvement he's got a great bunch of lads to learn from so important and um yeah we're doing everything we can to support him and um hopefully we'll see him flourish soon as the pool co-promoter Danny Ford speaking to Ryan Guest. That was before Poole faced Birmingham last week. We'll hear uh, the thoughts of Neil Middleditch post that meeting in just a moment. But, um, of course, the point made to Danny there that um, you know, your team, Stuart, uh, Leicester are the team to catch at the moment. You're currently at the top and uh, Poole did close the gap and you're level on points now. And um, how do you see it panning out? They're at home tomorrow night and I fully expect them to go to the top of the championship uh, come tomorrow night. Um, well, we, we're at Birmingham. We're, we're obviously, we're targeting the way win, but the, the team that Birmingham gave us for tomorrow night is certainly a lot stronger than what the team pool faced last Wednesday at Birmingham. And as I say, it just so happens sometimes you go to a place at a certain time and uh, Poole certainly did that last week, but taking nothing away from them, they're certainly the team to beat at the moment. But second place, um, they're certainly up for grabs in the top two. And as you say, Glasgow, Redcar, Leicester, Plymouth, you know, and, and maybe one other team can emerge from the pack. You, you just don't know. Well, it's certainly tight at the top of the championship and uh, Poole moving level with Leicester. Uh, thanks to a 55-35 win at Birmingham last Wednesday, the Brummies held their opponents for the first half of the meeting and trailed by just two points going into Heat 8, which provided a turning point as the previously unbeaten Stefan Nielsen fell with the Pirates taking a 5-1 in the rerun. The visitors then extending their advantage for the remainder of the contest with Heat leaders Danny King, Richard Lawson and Steve Worrell scoring 12, 11 plus 2 and 10 plus 1 respectively. Tom Brennan, a guest for the Brummies, picked up 10 plus 1 for the host including an impressive Heat 13 win. But uh, number one, Klaus Vissing failed to score after suffering a neck problem uh, when he became entangled in the tapes in Heat 1. Let's hear the thoughts of the team manager of the Pool Pirates, Neil Middleditch. Well, Neil Middleditch, it turned out to be a 20-point victory, certainly a powerful second-half performance here at Birmingham tonight. Yeah, that's right. I mean, Birmingham held us tight the first sort of seven heats, and 8, 9, 10, we got two five ones and a 4-2, and that sort of turned the tide for us. Yeah, but no, good... Good performance all round by the boys, very pleased. Yeah, you've got to be pleased as well. It's a, a result that at the time of speaking moves you join top of the, the championship with uh, with uh, current leaders Leicester as well. So uh, that's where you, you expect and want to be, certainly. Yeah, absolutely. But I know, you know, with respect to, uh, to Birmingham, we never, we never underestimate any team. 
Um, and so we came in, you know, we had a job to do. And, and, and as I say, those three heats sort of turned the tide for us and, and they just couldn't come back. So, um, yeah, good. Yeah, the heat leaders do, doing the job you'd expect. Um, Drew came down at reserve, though, uh, another solid contribution. I think it was uh, paid double figures, and, and he, he's going to be a big part of your team this year. Yeah, that's right. I often say that reserves score you, score you, you know, win you meetings. And, you know, even Nathan tonight, a couple of points was important for him, important for his confidence as well. Um, Zach and Ben, middle order again, you know, solid solid performance from those two boys as well. Yeah, you touched on Nathan Ablett there. Obviously, he's been brought into this side, and the way the team's been built, you, you can have patience with him. He's got the time to develop at his own rate. Yeah, that's right. I mean, he's, he's very disappointed. You know, we're in a group chat and he's very, you know, sort of apologetic about his form. And I said, no, you don't need to apologise because it's, it's, it's not an easy game and, and everybody's behind him. You know, we're all behind him and just trying to encourage him. I mean, he's only a young lad. He's got a lot, lot to learn yet. Next up for the Pirates, it's a home meeting against the Edinburgh Monarchs. Um, like you say, you never underestimate anyone and uh, with the likes of Sam Masters and, and Josh Pickering, certainly an informed rider right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I say never underestimate anybody, especially at Paul. Track's great now. This, they've done a really good job. Terry's doing a great job and uh, yeah, some good racing. Do not adjust your sets. That alarm is in the interview there. It's, uh, it's not uh, that you've left your car door open or the oven on or anything like that. Stuart Dixon, the Leicester team boss, is with us in this episode. And next up at Perry Bar, it will be the Leicester Lions on Wednesday. That's the 1st of June. Um, it's the Midlands Derby, East Midlands, West Midlands and... Uh, of course, uh, Leicester, I, I guess uh, you'd be assuming that, that Poole are going to win their fixture at home. So really, you could do with a win on the road. But you are facing, as you mentioned earlier, a strong Brummie side. Maybe you'd argue stronger than than they ordinarily would be with Eric Riss replacing Klaus Vissing. And we've seen quite a few um, guest appearances around that, that, that have made a difference through the course of the leagues this year with the likes of... Um, Plymouth and Newcastle regularly using that facility and we're seeing that increasing now through the course of the leagues as, as uh, some number ones get injured. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that as well within the rules. Um, Klaus Vissing, you know, is missing and Josh Otte is missing through injury um, and they've, they've booked guests uh, wisely, which is well within the rules. I think Jake Allen's in for Josh Otte and they've got Adam Royden in for James Shanes. So they're yeah. certainly strength, strengthened up, as I would do as well if it was Leicester, so I've no qualms about that. We know what we're up against them all night. It's going to be tough, but we've got a team more than capable of going there and giving them a right good fight. You know, it's going to be it's going to be a derby match, Birmingham Leicester. I hope they got a big crowd. Plenty of Leicester fans will probably travel there. And then um, fingers crossed, it's a right entertaining meeting. Yeah. One fixture that made the headlines for the wrong reasons, perhaps, was the one at the Eddie Wright Raceway, where uh, Leicester's knockout cup clash with Scunthorpe was abandoned after heat two, when uh, guest reserve for the Scorpions, Joe Alcock, suffered a um, broken leg in a heat two crash. It resulted in the air ambulance having to arrive at the stadium. The crew of the air ambulance decided it was better for Joe to remain in the initial ambulance and make his way by road to hospital, but accompanied by the paramedics that arrived in the helicopter. Um, With no guarantee of the time of their return, the meeting had to be abandoned. There was always one or two people who would question why we get to a situation where a meeting has to be abandoned. But I think in this instance, Joe's injuries at the time were so severe, the medical staff were all required to, to take care of him and ultimately the, the care of the individual is first and foremost but also tell us about the mood among the camp because obviously you were there and, and, and saw all this uh, at the Eddie Wright Raceway last Friday A terrible crash for, for young Joe um, he was just at the back he just picked up a bit of drive and the speed of the fence as I say I was there it wasn't very pleasant viewing to be honest I don't think anybody likes to see any rider getting getting injured you know getting at that speed and straight away you've got the safety of the rider and you can tell with the 
the feeling amongst the riders that the longer it goes on, the attention that the young rider was getting, you know, which which is paramount, the safety is paramount. There's a feeling in the camp with both riders that the they're losing, I'm not saying the interest, the race, but you, you, they're only human, you know, and, and mm. there is, you know, they begin to lose, I mean, I don't think interest is the right word, but there's just a feeling that, you know, it's, you just feel the longer it, it carries on, that the, 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 it's not important, the Speedway result anymore, if that makes any sense. It's, it's more about getting the care and attention to young Joe Alcott to make sure he's, he's safe. Like, he, he was in pain, you know, you could hear the noises. We don't like to hear it. No rider likes to hear any other rider in pain. And, um, for me, the result was secondary. I know Speedway fans in the whole are very good and they're patient in that respect. But um, the, the result, the meeting, the whole thing was secondary. It was just about getting the, the rider into a comfortable, safe place and, and getting him to the hospital uh, as soon as we, we could. And I think MDIT really complains about that, you know, certainly from a team in the pits. Now, I never heard anything. So, you know, I think Speedway fans in, the, in general in the whole are pretty good that way. Our best wishes, of course, to Joe. And I, I think as well we should mention at this point the Speedway Riders Benevolent Fund. And, and it's times like this when everything there kicks in and, and this charity comes into action for the riders. Your money that you put in the buckets, the money that you give as you go through the turnstiles to go to the Ben Fund meeting, it all goes to help fund riders like Joe who go out in, in heat to ride an ordinary race, uh, ends up falling off injures himself severely and we don't know when he's going to be back, but instantly his income stops there and then and, and we don't know how long for and, and that's where the Speedway Riders Benevolent Fund comes in and, and helps fund whatever Joe needs for uh, for him and his family at this time. Yeah, as you say, that's right. He took, he took a guest book in, in good faith and then, you know, all of a sudden within a split second, that's him, he's lying in a hospital bed for what we don't know how long and as you say, I don't know the circumstances. If young Joe works in a normal job, you know, Monday to Friday, whatever sort of thing, he's took time off his work. But it's, it's a long road back, long recovery, as you say. And um, it's, you say that they're no, they're no earning a fortune, these guys. It's, it's, it really is. It's a shame. And uh, we can just wish them the very best and hopefully he gets back to full fitness and, and doesn't rush himself back on a speedway bike. He's got plenty of time in front of him, yeah. Another fixture from Friday night was one at Armadale. Um, Edinburgh's Josh Pickering scoring a paid maximum as the Monarchs raced to a 52-36 championship win over Birmingham. It was an eventful clash at Armadale with Josh Pickering scoring 14 plus one, skipper Sam Masters adding 13 plus one, and the pair combining for two late five ones to see off a stubborn Birmingham challenge. The visitors remained just six points down going into the closing stages despite the loss of James Pearson, who had uh, chest injuries, James Shanes, who damaged uh, two helmets uh, in the crashes and therefore he couldn't continue because he didn't have enough helmets left, which is one of the rules of Speedway. And um, Stefan Nielsen was subsequently withdrawn due to a shoulder problem. Uh, the hosts themselves lost Lasse Fredrickson with a shoulder injury. Monarch's reserve Jacob Hook scored a best yet 9 plus 2 whilst Ashley Morris scored 11 and uh, guest Tom Brennan scored 10 plus 1 reaching double figures for the Brummies but um, a strong performance for Edinburgh they've probably not had the best start to the season uh, not quite as strong maybe at home even than uh, they would uh, ordinarily like but um, certainly seem to be finding their form now Yep, I think Edinburgh needed a home win they've lost the last couple of home matches I think it was Glasgow and Leicester respectively that was took 4 points each uh, on their visits um, Josh Pickering as you said Rightly back in the mix, I think um, I think he only scored six against Glasgow, maybe seven against Leicester. Certainly not the form that we expect from a Premiership rider rising number one. But um, to get a maximum, that'll do his confidence the world of good. Um, 
you know, but obviously I, there was a couple of crashes. I managed to look it up on updates after it, obviously the, the meeting was curtailed at Scunthorpe on Friday night, and um, I seen injuries. You know, like James Shane, you see, was involved in a couple of crashes. Young James Pearson was involved as well. Um, Jacob Hook. So you know that goes on top of the James Sargent injury. I think a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So I say Edinburgh they do have a couple of matches in hand, but they have lost a couple of matches at home. So they're going to have to pick up one or two victories away from home to try and get themselves back up the table. Um, so and they've also got the threat that they don't wish to lose any more at home. So uh, as you say, the more it's not something they'll be used to. The proud club, uh, and they'll need to maybe get one or two home, uh, away wins on the road to get them back up that table. Yeah. Not quite so good for Edinburgh's National Development League side, though, because whilst the uh, Monarchs were racing to a victory over Birmingham, the um, Bellevue Colts were demolishing the Armadale Devils 69-21, with three Colts riders scoring maximums at the National Speedway Stadium. Jack Smith went through the card with a full 18-point score. Harry McGurk was paid for the lot from six rides. Nathan Ablett recorded a 15-point max on his home debut as well. The final eight races of the meeting all resulted in Bellevue five ones, with Tom Woolley top-scoring for the Devils on six plus one. And I think that shows you the, the level of dominance of the Colts there. Uh, of course, Stuart, the um, the Leicester Lions, you have the Lion Cubs in the National Development League, and it's getting tough at the top in the NDL as well, isn't it? Because uh, the, the Berwick Bullets are the, the standout side so far, but um, certainly you can see the Colts and, and the Cubs coming to the party as well. Yeah, it was a great result for the, the young Bellevue side, certainly. Um, I think that will boost their confidence. They've, uh, they've been on the road, I think, a couple of away matches, and they've not done too well. Um, I think they've been at Plymouth, and they've been at Leicester, and, and I think they've took a couple of heavy defeats. Back on home shell, they'll, they'll love the big fancy track at Bellevue, let's be honest, it is suited to that. I think Armadale was severely under strength that night, you know, with a couple of riders missing. But as it was a fantastic win for, for the Bellevue Colts, that's for sure. Um, and as you say, the Berwick Bullets are at the top of the league, where the... Uh, the Leicester Cubs will race them home and uh, home and away or away and home this weekend. So um, they should be two crack meetings. Hopefully the riders come through unscathed. The Thompson Twins will race in the, the first matches, you know, in the championship. And Kyle Bickley represents the, the Bullets uh, and the Bandits, obviously. So big meetings at the National League level, which could go a long way to deciding who finishes top of that league. Well, still to come, we'll hear from Connor Bailey of the Glasgow Tigers as Glasgow moved level on points with the championship's top two, winning at Berwick last Saturday. So we'll hear from Connor very soon. Uh, Meanwhile, in the Knockout Cup, Leicester took full control of that tie with Scunthorpe. Um, An impressive win. We'll hear all about it from Stuart Dixon, who's with us throughout this episode here on No Breaks, No Fear. No Breaks, No Fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Welcome back. I'm Ian Brannan. With me in this episode is uh, not only team manager, but also co-promoter at the Leicester Lions, Stuart Dixon. We're going to go back to last weekend now. And Glasgow moved level on points with the championship's top two, winning 48-42 at Berwick on Saturday. The Tigers are up to 23 points. That's the same as Stuart Dixon's Leicester and the Pool Pirates, although they would have taken four league points on the night and uh, gone top had they not conceded a 5-1 in Heat 15. That came at the hands of the Bandits' top two scorers by a distance with Chris Harris on 15 plus one and Leon 
Leon Flint scoring 12 and getting the bulk of the points as they suffered a second successive home defeat. Glasgow's score chart was led by Tom Brennan with 10 plus 1 bonus points and Benjamin Basso on 9 in a solid all-round performance. Now, Connor Bailey was uh, riding at reserve at number 7 for the Glasgow Tigers and he's been speaking about that meeting with Phil Lanning. Connor Bailey, a uh, really impressive win for Glasgow at Berwick on Saturday night. Um, obviously Berwick's still struggling a little bit maybe without Jai Etheridge and riders coming back from injury but nonetheless you'll be delighted that Glasgow got their third away win uh, this season. Yeah it's always good to get a win especially at a track that I rate as a you know good track for home track advantage. Um, no it was, it, was a, it was a good one actually we, we pulled a fair lead at one point and then uh, let it slip a bit but you know in the end we managed to come away with the win and that's all you can really ask for isn't it? Okay and uh, this, this um, week it goes from Berwick to Edinburgh again, home and away, or away on Friday at Armadale and then at Ashfield on Saturday night. Uh, Glasgow have already got two very strong results against Edinburgh so far this season. Um, but you'll tell me now that means nothing coming into these next two K-Cup matches. Yeah, you know, we've gone to Edinburgh before and lost a massive lead. So, um, no, we're definitely expecting them to come out and try and hit us with everything they've got because they, I know they won't want to get done again by us. So, uh, yeah, no, it'll be an interesting meeting, especially for me from a personal perspective because it'll, it'll actually be my first meeting in the main body. Uh, my, my average updates at some point this week and I'm moving up to number two for then. So, mm-hmm. no, it's exciting for me and, you know, obviously my job gets harder, but I'm up for the challenge and it should be really good over two legs. That's a great compliment for you. I know that's the, the way the, the averages work, but at the same time, it's a commendation of how far you've come and people seem to forget that you've not had a proper full season really yet you've you've sort of come in halfway through seasons and um yet you've made so much progress do you feel that you're ready for this next challenge yeah i think uh given how i've been riding and and the riders i've been beating i think i'm definitely going to be competitive as a number two it's going to take a lot more work and I'm, I'm always up for a challenge and i've been making some good gates so hopefully i can just yeah pop out the gate and uh maybe hold off a number one for a lap but <laughs> no i'll be trying my best and that no, should be good. Now, Edinburgh are a particularly strong side, and the, the rivalry between Glasgow and Edinburgh is, is the best in British Speedway, there's, there's no doubt about that, or the biggest rivalry with the fans anyway. Um, do you feel that there's an extra uh, extra pressure maybe on Glasgow to repeat what you did in the league performances? Uh, because, you know, that these things never work out that way. So Edinburgh came back to Glasgow and, and really and truthfully could have won the match comfortably in the end. Uh, so do you feel you have to go into it with a, with a clear mind? Yeah, definitely. I think it's a weird one because we're almost doing better at each other's home tracks right now. You know, we went and and beat them by more than we should have and they came and did better than they should have. So it's definitely an open-ended meeting, so to speak, and uh, we'll be happy to take any lead from Edinburgh. But I think judging on the last time they were at home, we want to take as as big a possible lead as possible. you know, because they're going to come and they're going to be strong at Glasgow. Everyone likes coming here. It's a it's a really nice track, and it's it's hard to hold the lead when you're in front sometimes. So, yeah, no. If we can take a lead, it'll have to be a good one to to keep them at bay. I think. Yeah, it's a Scottish Knockout Cup bank holiday weekend special with Edinburgh hosting Glasgow on Friday at Armadale. The return 24 hours later, in fact, just less than 24 hours later, at Ashfield on the Saturday night at 7 o'clock, Glasgow v Edinburgh in the second leg of that contest. To the league match, though, um, last week where um, they won away at Berwick. I mean, not an easy place to go 
Shieldfield Park, as we know. And um, getting these wins on the road, if you're going to win a league, I think people keep saying it, but getting the big results on the road are, are key in that quest, aren't they, Stuart? I think, that's a, I think it's a cracking three points for Glasgow. Berwick's a tough place to go. Um, Leicester, we go there on Saturday night. And it's not, it's not one of the places that you, you look at the calendar and say, I'm, I would mark that down for an away win. Uh, Berwick's not that sort of track. Uh, so fair play to Glasgow for getting the, the three points. Obviously, Jai Etheridge missing, I think, is, is, is certainly weakened Berwick at the moment. He started the season very very well. Certainly at home, he's put, I think he's put over a point on his average already. Um, we go there on Saturday, and you know, unfortunately for Berwick, Jai Etheridge is not quite fit yet for that. So something we'll, we'll maybe look to take advantage of. But um, no, fair play to Glasgow to get, to get three points at Berwick. It's certainly a good three points to get, in, in my opinion, yeah. On the subjects of the Knockout Cup, uh, Leicester took full control of their Knockout Cup tie with Scunthorpe, which became the first leg at the Paul Chapman and Sons Arena following the abandonment of the original first leg at Scunthorpe the night before after that crash that we've already talked about. Richie Worrell got 14 plus one. Kyle Howarth also on 14 plus one. Nick Morris on 12. All scoring uh, maximums or paid maximums for the Lions. Dan Thompson, 8 plus 3, combining with um, Worrell for three five ones. Skipper Simon Lambert took seven rides at reserve for the Scorpions and piled on 12 plus 2. Jake Allen adding 11, but they were weakened by the absence of former Leicester man Ryan Douglas, who aggravated a shoulder injury on Friday. Um, the scoreline, 58-32, I don't think fully tells the, the tale of the meeting because Leicester had to battle for it. And I think it was live on the British Speedway network and we saw... Honestly, some of the best racing that we've seen this year in any of the leagues, I think, in this meeting. Yeah, as you say, not, sometimes you can look at the scoreline and think, oh, that must have been a one-sided match, you know, blah, blah, blah. But you're right, Simon Lambert, and I think Jake Allen deserves a mention as well. He was right in the thick of things as well. Simon Lambert has raced for Leicester before. He, he knows where to stick that back wheel, come out the corners. He rides a high line. He's quite clever. He, he makes himself... He is big. He's, a, he's, a, he's genuine. He's a big person. But he makes himself big on a speedway bike, if that makes any sense. And he's quite awkward to get by. Uh, and Joe Thompson and him were involved in a few good races. Joe Thompson rides a similar line to Simon Lambert. And some of the races were quite intriguing. They were against each other because they were trying to basically race on the same line. But as you say, Richie Warrell, Kyle Howarth, Dan Thompson as well was involved in a few good races. They got a couple of riders on the line. And sometimes the scoreline doesn't reflect the racing. But all in all, a comfortable win for Leicester on the end, yeah. You've got to say there's a, a never-say-die attitude, I think, about this Leicester squad because they just did not give up, um, even when a, a result looked like it was getting away from them. And a, a few of the passing moves happened on the final bend of the fourth lap in the running down to the chequered flag. You know, real exciting stuff. There was at least two heats that were won on the line. It was certainly exciting for certainly exciting for the neutral. Might be heart in your mouth for a, for a Leicester fan or a Scunthorpe fan. Well, at speed races, you know, probably only does last 60, 61, 62 seconds in most mm. tracks, so I think. So you've got to race flat out till you get to the line because we do see quite a lot that some riders maybe just knock it off a wee bit too early and you can't get past on the line. I wouldn't see any rider knocked it off or Scunthorpe or Leicester. I think there were genuine passes on the line just where the riders gathering a bit more speed on the dirt going round the third and fourth bend. But there, there was a couple, of, a couple of passes right at the end in races, um, which said that the fans, certainly the home fans, weren't happy yet. I liked how you kept mentioning how there was no passing at uh, Leicester every time there was an overtake. That was, uh... did, I say, did, I, did I say that? Did I say that? I, I, I think I might mentioned it once or twice. So. <laughs> On to Redcar, um, well, they had a thumping win. Their biggest ever away win, beating local rivals 
Newcastle, 62-28 on their own track. An absolute thrashing. Um, the Bears provided all but two of the race winners at Bruff Park, with six of their riders paid for double figures. Eric Riss on 11 plus one with a four-ride paid maximum. Reserve duo Jordan Jenkins and Jason Edwards combining for 19, paid 21 between them. Doing the business for Newcastle, it was a Leicester rider, Kyle Howarth, guesting and getting 11 plus one for the Diamonds, who suffered a further blow when Matthew Weathers was withdrawn with an injured foot. Um, it's all to do for Rob Grant here, isn't it, Stuart? Um, finds himself in a tricky situation here. They've done all this work on the track, taken an absolute hammering, and um, he's promising team changes and new faces before the next home meeting, which will be against the Leicester Lions, and it will be live on the British Speedway Network that night as well. Yeah, I've I, I seen the scoreline um, on that one. That's obviously very, very, very tough to take for the Newcastle fans, you know. I, and go back to the early days at Newcastle when, when I remember they were, they were the powerhouse team, as what it was called the National League in my day when I started to follow the Speedway. Um, I know the diehard supporters will, will really, really be, you know, be sticking by the club and they really need everybody to stick by them. I know Rob Grant has mentioned, you know, that. They're going to try and get sign-ins. That you know that that may be easier said than done because availability of riders is something that's been really hard to come by this season. Um, obviously, red car. I, I, I've seen pictures that looked a very healthy crowd. A lot of red and white scarves in the crowd as well. Red car. I think it's a big win, but I think most promoters will be sympathising at the moment with, with the Newcastle plight that they're going through. Nobody likes to, to see a team losing twenty-eight sixty-two at on home shell. I don't think it does the sport any good. We all like to win away from home, but I think, you know, hopefully Newcastle can, can strengthen up slightly. We at Leicester go there a week on Sunday. Um, obviously, you know, maybe strengthen up after we go, you know what I mean? But um, it's something um, they do need to strengthen up just for the sake of Newcastle, maybe for the sake of the league as well. And I, and I do wish them well. I've also had a wee soft spot for Newcastle, yeah. We've seen the odd rider come into British Speedway since the start of the season that wasn't with a team initially. Let me use the example of Justin Sedgman, for example, being one who's a, a rider that's got some proven experience, proven quality, you know what he can do on his day. And um, you can say, well, you know, decent signing there potentially. With your both team manager and promoter hat on, if you're in that situation at this stage of the season and this stage of proceedings, what with what's going on elsewhere in the world, and particularly, I guess, if you're Newcastle racing on a Sunday when a lot of the good riders, of course, are involved in Polish action, where do you go for riders? Where do you look? And, and who would you say there is available? That, that's the thing. There, there isn't a lot. That, that, that's the problem. Um, I think, you know, and obviously with the visa criteria now for European riders with Brexit, it's, it's slightly more difficult. It's not just a case of making a phone call and getting a rider over. I'm sure they've done their homework, you know, that there, there is riders. I, I look myself, I was looking this time last year when, when Ty Proctor stood down and Josh Bates, you know, got injured. And, the, you know, the, the common riders was Victor Palavara, Lassie Bier, Joel Anderson, etc. So I'm sure Rob Grant has looked at all these riders. But as I said, it's not just as simple as it was before. There's visa criteria that needs to be met now. And um, I'm sure Newcastle will be doing all they can and... Um, to try and strengthen our team up for the coming weeks and months ahead. Looking ahead to what lies in store for Leicester next, of course, you're racing away and then at home against the Berwick Bandits. Um, one notable team change is that Ty Proctor will not be racing for the Bandits this coming weekend. He's still out with um, a shoulder injury. He crashed awkwardly against Glasgow last weekend. He's only been back for two meetings 
uh, from a previous four-week layoff. Um, bit of a shame there because I'm sure that he would have been relishing coming back to the Paul Chapman and Sons Arena and, and racing against the Lions, of course. No, um, I've seen that. I know Ty. I like Ty very well. Um, and um, I believe he had a crash and he's got a bit of uh, nerve damage and that. I was speaking to Mark Bates this morning, um, who Ty obviously works for as well outside of Speedway. And... Um, there was not, there's nothing he confirmed it that he's got I think it's pins and needles in his neck or his hands or something like that. So we, we wish we wish Ty well and I believe they brought in Lee Complin, which um you know, you know, Lee comes back in the sport after such a long time, uh, out of the sport. So, you know, uh, Beric, you know, I think they've made quite a you know, it's a suitable change. Lee Complin, I think, is is better around Beric than there's Newcastle. I think it's a track that's more suited to him. So um as I say, we wish uh, we wish Ty well in his recovery. And uh, we look forward to welcoming Lee Complin to, to Leicester on Sunday. And uh, I'm sure our boys will give him a good race on Saturday night as well. And anybody who's thinking of going to this fixture, either at Berwick or at the Paul Chapman and Sons Arena in uh, in Leicester, it's it's a double header. You get uh, two meetings. I'm not saying for the price of one, but you get two meetings because you get uh, the uh, championship sides, the Leicester Lions and the Berwick Bandits facing each other, followed by the Bullets versus the Cubs in each of the fixtures on both nights. So uh, great value there, I think. Yep, it's a four o'clock start on Sunday. Um, so we get a double header. And um, I'm pleased to say that the, the owners have only put an extra £4 admission charge on the normal admission, uh, you know, for a, for a double header to watch the National League match, which I think is excellent value. And as I say, in my opinion, at the moment, it's the two top teams in the National League, you know, for an extra four quid, I think that's excellent value. I think there'll be some really good racing with Kyle Bickley, Greg Blair, you know, Ace Piper up against the, the Thompson Twins. Um, corner calls, etc. So I'm looking forward to. Um, I'm taking a wee interest in our Cubs team this year. Not maybe not, not so much as I did last season because it was more a development team. But I think we've got a really good team this year, and um, they're certainly going to be challenging for honour. So big weekend, you know, home and away with Berwick this weekend. Yeah. And as you touched on some of the riders there riding in both meetings as well, the Thompson Twins, for example, are, are going to have a busy weekend. They certainly are, and that's where you, you use a dreaded word. You, you don't. You hope that nobody gets any injuries because the Cubs managers. Well, um, and the, the Bullets manager, uh, you, you wouldn't be able to find suitable replacements, that's the thing, because they're racing, you know, basically there's, there's no time. So we wish everybody well, hope everybody comes through it with no injuries and, and may the best team win. But it, it should be good. Forecast looks decent and uh, hopefully see some really good meetings, yeah. Well, uh, let's uh, have a look at the meetings ahead for the week ahead and the first week of June as well around British Speedway. Starting on Wednesday, June the 1st, and in the Championship, Stuart Dixon's Leicester are away at Perry Bar taking on the Birmingham Brummies and its Pool Pirates versus the Edinburgh Monarchs. Both getting underway at 7.30 and obviously a key day at the top of the Championship. Meanwhile, in the National League, at Sandy Lane at the Oxford Stadium, it's Oxford Chargers versus the Plymouth Centurions. On Thursday, in the Premier at Foxhall, Ipswich versus Kings Lynn. Is it the Old Farm Derby, they call that? Um, and Peterborough versus Wolverhampton at 7.30. Of course, don't forget, uh, Thursday is a bank holiday, as is Friday. And we've got action uh, through the day on Friday. Um, at the Eddie Wright Raceway, we've got action at 5pm. Scunthorpe Scorpions versus the Red Car Bears. At 7.30pm at Armadale, it's uh, Edinburgh versus Glasgow in part one of the Championship Knockout Cup. 
And um, in the uh, National League, the Bellevue Colts are taking on the Oxford Chargers at 1pm at the National Speedway Stadium. That'll be followed by some British Youth Championship action, the 250ccs and the 500ccs, straight after that main meeting. That will be on uh, Friday. And then looking ahead to what the rest of the weekend has in store on Saturday, it's uh, Berwick versus Leicester in the Championship at seven, followed straight away by Berwick versus Leicester in the National League. We've got um, uh, the second part of the Scottish Derby in the Championship Knockout Cup, Glasgow versus Edinburgh at Ashfield, getting underway at seven. And a Speedway Grand Prix in Germany as well at Tetrov on uh, Saturday evening. And then on Sunday... Uh, Leicester versus Berwick in the Championship at 4 o'clock, followed by Leicester versus Berwick in the National Development League. And um, there was another fixture due to take place on Sunday. That was uh, Redcar versus Scunthorpe, but that has been postponed this Sunday. So don't turn up at the Echo Arena because you'll be only the only one there. Monday, uh, well, we've got um, some action in the Premiership. It's the Bellevue Aces versus the Ipswich Witches, and that is your featured meeting on Eurosport. Monday evening, 7.30, Wolverhampton Wolves versus the Peterborough Panthers, also taking place uh, on the Monday night as well. And then uh, Tuesday, the 7th of June, it's the Plymouth Gladiators versus the Birmingham Brummies in the Championship, and that takes us to the end of the next week or so. We'll be back next Wednesday to preview everything else that's coming up and no doubt we'll be shining the spotlight on some of those meetings that we've just mentioned as well. We'll find out if there's going to be any change at the top of the Premiership or indeed the top of the Championship. Could be a big week with some of the big hitters facing each other and what will happen in that Scottish derby. Find out on the next episode of No Breaks, No Fear. It'll be out first thing next Wednesday morning. My thanks to our special guest this week, Stuart Dixon. All the best for your uh, fixtures coming up over the next seven days. And uh, here's to a safe one. And uh, no doubt we'll speak to you again soon later this season. Thanks very much, Ian. Thanks for having me on. Cheers, no fight. Thanks very much for your company. Don't forget, keep up to date with everything happening across British Speedway on our social media pages. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram to get the latest images and updates from the major meetings as they happen and results each day as well. And of course, any information regarding any rain-offs or other postponements or any other news you need to know. Just follow us on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram for all of that news. And we'll see you next week here on No Breaks, No Fear. No Breaks, No Fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.